Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. Well, a very good morning to all of you. I want to extend my special welcome as well. I don't want to be outdone by Peter. So welcome to church, everybody. Those of you who are here in the building and those of you who are joining us online as well. You as much as a part of our family as people who are here. Now, uh, before we conclude our series, Scandalous Grace, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who's participated in the Four Baldavis campaign last Sunday. Your generosity will make it possible for us as a church in that location to continue to serve the community, to continue to uh, make a space that's comfortable for the people to fellowship and to grow. And it's incredible for me to be a part of such a generous community. And I want to share with you something really, really incredible. Uh, I, I got this message from Pastor Gordon. By the way, uh, hold on, can I, can I get my mobile phone from there? I got this message from Pastor Gordon last Monday, and I didn't know this. Pastor Gordon didn't know this. If you don't know who Pastor Gordon is, he is our founding pastor for the Baldavis location, and up until recently, he's also our uh, location pastor until Alistair, young Alistair, replaced him. But Pastor Gordon gave me this, this text. Let me f- look for it. Um, there you go. So this is what he sent me on Monday, six days ago. Good morning, Daniel. I finally got around to cleaning out my office and came across this plaque. Um, and I'll show you. This is the plaque. Right? I'll read it for you. <laughs> this building was officially opened by the mayor of the city of Rockingham on Saturday, 25th November, 2000. This building is dedicated to ministry to the glory of God. And Pastor Gordon continues. He says, Just thought it was interesting that we officially moved into our building on Saturday the 25th of November, 23 years ago, and had the first Sunday service, get this, had the first Sunday service on Sunday the 26th of November, year 2000. And 23 years later, on the 26th November, on the date, was the official launch of the call to soar into the new chapter of the story. How incredible was that? We didn't plan for the Fall Dive, for the Fall Baldavi Sunday to happen last Sunday. We actually planned it to happen three weeks earlier, but something happened. We couldn't have it then, so we thought, how about the following week? No, we couldn't have it then either. So we decided on the 26th of November, not knowing that 26, the 26th of November, 23 years ago, that was the first official um, service happening in that building. I'm going to tell you, this is so encouraging to me that God is looking after our church. The same God who protected us, the same God who directed our path 23 years ago is still doing the same thing right now. And what's even more encouraging for all of you to hear, to know, is that God is doing the same thing for you individually. You see, God is directing your path. Of course you can plan. Of course you can budget. But things happen in life sometimes that you, outside of your control, you know, things happen that, that 
They're not, not, not according to your plan, but they're always according to God's plan. Amen? God will always direct your path. So I want you to be encouraged by that. So thank you again for those who sow so generously. If you haven't done so, there's still an opportunity for you to do so for the next six months, right? Just go to the rocks.info, and I, I guarantee you the investment that you make into the kingdom of God will last you all the way to eternity. There's no better investment that you can do with your money. All right. Now, on to the last uh, installment of Scandalous Grace. We started this series by telling you there's a difference between I don't believe it's true with I don't want it to be true. Now, I understand in a room this size, some of you here are probably, you don't consider yourself followers of Jesus Christ. You don't believe in Christianity. And I understand that, right? Maybe you need more information. Maybe you need more evidence and so on. So you don't believe in Christianity. But what I don't understand is why people wouldn't want Christianity to be true, right? I understand maybe you grew up with a version of Christianity that is so appalling that you don't want it to be true. Maybe what you hear from social media about what Christianity is all about is so not attractive that you don't want it to be true. But I'm talking about the original irresistible version of Christianity. The Jesus who spent so much time with the downtrodden, the outcasts, the sinners, the prostitutes, the tax collectors who... Who, who is so irresistible that people who were nothing like him actually liked him. I guarantee you, if you were there in the first century and you look at Jesus in the, in the eyes, you will see nothing but acceptance in his eyes. You will see nothing but grace. You will see nothing but love. And that's what sets Christianity apart. When I, why wouldn't you want this version of Christianity to be true? You see, Christianity can be summarized with one word, and that one word is grace. And if you don't want to know what grace is, it is undeserved, unearned, undes unearnable favor of God. I mean, that's it, isn't it? I, I, even if I'm not a Christian, if I were not a Christian, I would want to believe this to be true, right? Because I know myself. I know I'm not perfect. I know I make mistakes. I know I messed up and will continue to mess up. Now, why wouldn't I want grace in my life, all right? And ex that's exactly what Christianity offers. But here's something even more interesting about grace. This, we said this in the first week again. We said that grace is what we crave the most when we are on the receiving end, when we need it, but hesitant to extend when confronted with the guilt, with the sin of other people, and we have to give it, all right? It's refreshing when you receive it, but when you have to give it, it's super challenging. It's super difficult, isn't it? That's why when you read the Gospels, all right, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you would read stories about religious leaders resisting Jesus, not liking Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus spent so much time with sinners. And for the religious leaders, they find it difficult to extend that grace to people who don't deserve it, just like you have difficulty. So before you criticize the Pharisees for doing what they did, put yourself in their shoes. We too, right? If we want to be honest, find it difficult to extend grace to other people. And that's why, if you read the gospel again, Jesus would tell story after story after story. We call them parables. Uh, in order to explain what this upside-down kingdom of God is like. And one such story is recorded for us by one of his followers called 
Matthew, right? Matthew used to be called Levi. He, he was a tax collector. He was one of those people who received the refreshing grace of God through Jesus Christ. And he recorded this parable of Jesus in, in his gospel. And I'm telling you, this is an, an, an incredible story, all right? This is the reason why. This parable is the reason why I believe this story was originally spoken by Jesus. Why? Because the story is so incredible. It's so amazing with a twist at the end. You know, if you had come up with this story yourself, you would have claimed it for yourself. I would. Because, the, the, because Paul never wrote this way. Peter never wrote this way. The religious, the, the church fathers never wrote this way. So if you had written it yourself, you would have claimed it for yourself. But no. Jesus, it was attributed to Jesus. That's why I believe Jesus told this story himself the very first time around, and Matthew recorded it for us, all right? So this is what uh, Matthew recorded. This is the word of Jesus. For the kingdom of heaven is like, that means you know it's not a true story, all right? It's a parable. It's a story to make a point. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. Now, what you usually do if you're, land, if you're a landowner is you hired everyone that you needed early in the morning, right? All at once. But this landowner did something really strange, okay? About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. And so they went. And one of the things about the parables of Jesus, if you're familiar with the parables of Jesus, is Jesus liked to push the envelope, right? That's what the parable is. It's an exaggerated story to make a point, right? And this is so exaggerated to the point of being ridiculous. So this is what happened next. He went out again about noon, and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. In other words, hired them and made them come and work in his vineyard. And verse 6, to me, verse 6 is important, all right? About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. Now, five in the afternoon, right? There's only one hour <laughs> left uh, for you to do anything meaningful. What did the landowner do? He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? And the response is expected, because no one has hired us, they answered. And so he said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. At 5 p.m.? Seriously, Jesus? With one hour left before sundown? What can you do? So that's what the landowner did. So when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call out the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired, going on to the first. And I imagine Jesus paused here for suspense, you know, not just to create suspense, but I believe Jesus is speaking, about to speak something important for them because here comes soon the twist. It's Jesus' way of saying, this is what God is like. This is what your heavenly father is like. And so this happened. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. And everybody in line behind them 
went wild with joy, right? Because if you had come at five and you received the denarius, guess how much you would think you would get if you come at four? You get two denarius, right? If you came at three, you expect to get three denarius. And guess which bunch, which bunch is the happiest? The guys at six o'clock in the morning, they started taking out their mobile phone, called their wives, honey, book that flight to Paris, we rich. They were so excited. Man, the vineyard owner is not going to pay us a denarius a day. He's going to pay us a denarius an hour. This is incredible. This is fantastic. Everybody was expectant. Everybody was smiling, happy. And this happened. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. Hey? And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Much like the Pharisees grumble in front of the house of Matthew when they saw Jesus having a wild party with Matthew, with his tax collectors, tax collector friends. They were like furious. There's no way Jesus would do this. We are the religious leaders. He should have spent time with us. This is the same reaction that Jesus, I bet, received in Jericho when he decided to spend time with Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, instead of the, the big, the true fans of Jesus who were there with the T-shirt, who were there with the banners, Jesus, we love you, and all that. And Jesus decided to spend time with Zacchaeus instead. They were all grumbling, much like the workers, except for those who came at 5 o'clock, grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last, and this is the complaint to the vineyard owner. These who were hired last work only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us? They're not like us? They're different from us? Now, before you judge them, all right, now put yourself in their shoes. If you were the ones who work at 6 a.m. and during the midday sun, all right, work your butt off for 12 straight hours, would you be happy with this kind of treatment? Imagine you were standing in line at Kohl's, right? And, and the teller said, hey, yep, you were last. Come, I'll serve you first. You would take your business elsewhere. You go to Woolies. You don't care about the prices. I'm not going to get this kind of treatment. I'm not going to be disrespected like that here, right? Or imagine you're, you're waiting at the doctor's office after making a difficult appointment that you, you know, three weeks ago, you finally got the appointment at the doctor's office. You were there waiting. And then the receptionist said, hey, anyone without an appointment, you can come first. <laughs> and he said, what? This is not acceptable. Imagine you work for the same company for 30 years, expecting that promotion. And they hired a new guy. And the new guy got the promotion. What makes it worse is <laughs> the new guy now is your boss, right? Now, this is like not acceptable. You see, the purpose, the, here's the truth. The purpose of this parable is not to teach you a lesson on how to run a business. All right? That's not the purpose of this parable. Because if that's the purpose of this parable, you know, I guarantee you the next day, everyone will be hiding behind a bush, right? Until 5 o'clock. I would. 
I'll pop out at 5 and say, hire me, please, sir. Right? I don't want to wait from 6 a.m. in the morning. Right? This is not how you run a business. This is not how you treat your employees. You're going to go bankrupt if you go like this. Right? So here's the one, one thing you need to know about uh, parables. A parable is a story to make a point. Right? Now, if you keep pushing it, at some point, the parable will fail. At some point, it will break down. Especially if you keep like, trying to find meaning and significance in every little detail. That's not the purpose of a parable. And the purpose of this particular parable that Jesus told us is actually to introduce God's value system. Uh, this scandalous grace that people are finding it difficult to accept both in the ancient times as well as in the world today. All right? That's the reason why the parable was told. So the, par the point of the parable is to teach us the way that God sees the world, the way that God sees you, the way that God sees your neighbor, the way that God sees people. Right? So now, Jesus would bring this parable. He would bring home his important point. So he started speaking out against the complaint now through the mouth of the vineyard owner. He answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. Well, that's true. The vineyard owner didn't shortchange anyone, right? So they got what they were promised. And then Jesus, <laughs> like only Jesus could do, he gave us this big clue about the kind of life that he's inviting us into. Are you ready for this? This is what Jesus said, and this is the most important portion of the parable. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my money? To which you would respond if you were the workers who work from 6 o'clock in the morning. You didn't give us anything. We work hard for this. We were here for 12 hours. We earned this. You didn't give us anything. Well, after you gave us the work, that is. Right? So, this whole parable, I want you to get this, because a lot of people miss this. This whole parable is not about the workers. The whole parable is about the vineyard owner. Notice how many times the word I and my is used in this sentence. I want to give. So it's about him. It's about the vineyard owner. I want to give the one who was hired last the same I gave you. Don't I have the right to do whatever I want with my money? You see, this parable was told deliberately to create bitterness to show what is really in the hearts of the people, to show the differences between the world system and the kingdom system, all right? It was deliberately told to create this negative emotion in the listeners, because otherwise, if the vineyard owner was smart, right, why would he ask the, the foreman to give the last workers first, to pay the last workers first? He would have to, you know, if he wanted to create calm and nobody was fighting, he would instruct the foreman to pay the first workers first. That way, nobody would be the wiser, right? But purposely, on purpose, the story was told in such a way to evoke this neg negative emotion in the hearts of the listeners. Here's what's important. If you see the kingdom of God 
as all being about you, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to feel cheated if you think the kingdom of God is all about you. All right? And the world system works on a different, <laughs> it works so differently than the kingdom. See, the generosity of this world is about earning. It's about what you deserve. Kingdom's generosity is based on grace, on a scale that the world has never seen and can never understand. Now, let me give you an example. If you got promoted in your office, for example, right? You got your pay rise and all that. Most likely, I can guarantee you, the reason why you're promoted, the reason why you get your pay rise, is because you do well in your work. And then you say to your family, oh, my workplace is amazing. My boss is so generous. I got this promotion. I got this pay rise. It's amazing. I love my workplace. They're so generous to me. Let me tell you why they're generous to you. Because you're a good worker. Because you do well. Because you deserve it. That's the world system, right? But in the kingdom of God, it doesn't work like that. The grace of God is given to those regardless, to everybody regardless of performance. Why? Because this is at the heart of the vineyard owner. You see, in those days, the primary concern of a landowner, every landowner, was to get, to get the work done. But for this particular vineyard owner, his primary concern was the workers, not the work. How do we know this? Why else would he come out at 9 o'clock in the morning, at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, at 3 o'clock, even at 5 o'clock? You know, you can do nothing. If you are hired at 5 o'clock, by the time you walk to the vineyard, that's already half an hour, right? By the time you get your tools and then you clean your tools afterward, Maybe you get 15 minutes of work done. You see, in those days, another thing that you need to understand is this. When you read your Bible, you're going to know the context, not just the literally, literary context, but also the historical context. At the time of Jesus, 80% of the world pop of the population in the Middle East, 80% are poor, right? I read uh, from Josephus, uh, some, at some point, like 9 out of 10 of the people in the Middle East in, in the time of Jesus were without work. That's why in verse 6, I told you that's important, right? When the vineyard owner came out at 3, at 5, he asked them, like, why are you standing here doing nothing? What was the answer? No one would hire us. So the vineyard owner, this particular vineyard owner, didn't really care so much about the work. He cared about the workers. He has compassion on them because they were without job. He had compassion on them because they, he knows these people and their family are hungry. They're desperate for food. They're desperate for any source of income. So even though I imagine, I believe, no work was needed anymore, he would still hire them anyway. And so Jesus brought home the point. Right? Here comes the punchline that illustrates the absurdity of our resistance to grace, all right? This reveals what's inside all of our hearts, including mine. This is how Jesus brought it home. This is so brilliant. He said through the mouth of the vineyard owner, are you resentful because I am generous? Wow. Are you resentful because I am generous? No, we're not resentful because you're generous. We're just saying that we came here first and we work hard and yeah, we are resentful. 
right? There's no way around it. We are resentful at the generosity of this amazing vineyard owner. Because that kind of generosity seems scandalous, right? It's difficult to accept. But that's the mark of Christianity, you see. Scandalous generosity. And Jesus, let me tell you, Jesus is inviting all of us to see the world, to see people, to see your relationship with God differently. Because the kingdom of heaven is characterized by this scandalous generosity. The question that Jesus is asking you, is asking me right now, is can you handle it? Can you, will you participate in this kingdom? Will you understand the heart of your heavenly father, express as the heart of this vineyard owner? Will you extend that scandalous grace to people who don't deserve it, much like you receive it when you don't deserve it, right? You see, the world compares to determine what is fair. But the, in the kingdom of God, we don't compare. In the kingdom of God, we rejoice over grace, right? We rejoice over the grace of the vineyard owner. See, this whole parable is about the vineyard owner and his generosity that flows from his character, not in response to what we have done, not in response to what we will ever do for him, but just out of his character, out of his heart. That's just who he is. That's what the point of the parable is. See, the question is, will you rejoice? Are you able to rejoice at the generosity of your heavenly father? Because guess what? In the kingdom of heaven, everyone is invited. Everyone is invited. It's funny that when we read this parable, none of us, Put ourselves in the group of the 5 p.m. workers. Every single one of us, when we read this parable, put ourselves with the group of the 6 a.m. workers, right? We think we deserve it. God, I've been here longer. I've done much more. God, I, I know it's your grace, but I kind of deserve this grace because what I have done for you, because what I can do for you. But no. We are as much in need of God's grace as the people who came at 5 o'clock. This is where the grace of God is so amazing. Everyone is invited. You are invited. All right? I know that you are not here for because of coincidence. I know you're here for a reason. I want you to open your hearts to the grace of God revealed to us in the person of Jesus. He came 2,000 years ago whose birth we're about to celebrate just to show you how gracious, how kind, how loving, how merciful your Heavenly Father is, right? Your sin was deep. My sin was deep. But His grace was much deeper. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit the Rocks. Dot church.